Hey everybody, it's Mark. This is Article Club. Thank you so much for being here. We are a reading community that focuses every month on an article on race, education, or culture. And this month we are highlighting and annotating and discussing The Crow Whisperer by Lauren Markham. It has been a delightful month because of this delightful article. And before we discuss this article on Sunday, I wanted to make sure that you got to hear the author, Ms. Markham. Sarai and I had a wonderful conversation with her a couple weeks ago, and we wanted to make sure that you got to listen to it before we had our discussion this Sunday. So here it is. Please enjoy. Hi, Lauren. It's so great to have you on Article Club. Yeah, it's so great to be here. So Sarai and I have tons of questions about your piece, which we loved. We've been talking about it. Yeah, Crow Whisperer. I mean, it's just pretty amazing. And I'll take the first question, which is, so this is about a friend of yours and a crow situation that she had. But I'm going to assume that you don't always write about crows. Like, you know, we know about that. So how did you decide, like, okay, this is actually an article that I'm going to spend time to write? That's such a great question. I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like my antenna are always up for interesting stories, especially interesting stories related to, in some way, kind of like wonder or delight. Because so much of what I write about is injustice and like political horrors and violence. There, like anytime there's sort of a story in the ether like that I hear that 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 is that is not about that and is instead about sort of yeah non-ordinary reality wonder delight I'm like I want to know more about that and I think I had for a long time one like affliction I have as a writer and well as a journalist is that I come up I'm really good at coming up with topics but not with stories so I'm really good about being like I want to write about pet psychics, you know, and people are like, that's not really an article. That's just something you're kind of interested in. And so often when you approach an editor about a story, you kind of have to say, I want to write about people who communicate with animals. And I have a really good story, you know, either like a person who I want to write about, who is something particularly interesting about them that separates them from other animal communicators, or like I have a particular story. And so I had sort of like that had been like batting around in my head for a while, although very much on the like back, back, back burner. And so when my friend Danny told me about the crows, I was like, what? Like, wait, tell me more. <laughs> like, I want to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it went from there. But what were your first impressions when she told you? Because when I was reading it, I was like, I don't exactly know what's happening right now here at the beginning. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard about it after they had already like by the time i heard the story the 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 crow whisperer had already like wait so everyone's read everyone who i'm who we're talking to has read it right okay good so like the crow whisperer event we guess had already sort of intervened so like i put it's sort of like the artifice of the article is right like i put us in the space of unknowing of what's going to happen but like i kind of already knew what was going to happen so i had gotten the whole arc of the kind of evolution yeah nice that kind of goes into a I, like my mind is blown already like several things that have several questions but like a process question like I super appreciate that you had brought up you know the difference between like a, an interest and kind of like an article and and you had said you you kind of wrote the story already knowing what the ending was like is that is that typical for you like like I'm I'm kind of interested to know more about how how the story was written process wise yeah I mean I think I will say I 
sort of wish journalism was a little bit less rigid about sort of like needing to know the full arc and even like being a little bit more open to different shapes besides narrative arcs that then than it than it is but in this case i mean i knew I, what I knew when I when I first started writing the story was like Danny and Adam had the crisis with the crows. They contacted, they didn't know what to do. They contacted a vet, a vet came over. It seemed to kind of make the piece, right? And so that was like the narrative sort of spine of the story. But I had so much work to do of figuring out a couple of things. Like, what is the history of animal communication? Like, what is the science of it, right? Like, what, who are other people who do this? Like, let me see if Yvette will let me hang out with her. Like, what's her story, her journey? So like the, 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 actually like the way that Danny and Adam's story takes up space on the page is like pretty limited. If you sort of did a like paragraph by paragraph analysis, I think, because that's just sort of, it's like the spine that's holding the rest of the body. But I will also say that in a piece like this, which is more essayistic, which was why it was so fun to write was that you know, another, so, so I knew how the crow story ended, but I, there was so much more to the story that I didn't even know how it began. Right. And one of the other things was like, why is this so interesting to me? Like, like, why Mm -hmm. am I drawn to this? And like, why am I, and, and, and it kind you know, I, I hadn't really made the connection with the hummingbirds until really late in the process. Like, cause one of the questions I think you're asking in an essay is what is it that makes me want to spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about this? And it, that the answer is, not just because the crow story is so wild and funny, right? Mm -hmm, Like there's mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. else. And I think part of that is like digging it to figure out why. Wow. Yeah, that's one thing is that in some of your other writing that I've read, you don't insert yourself as much. Whereas here, we hear about your hummingbirds. And so like, why did you feel like you added added that to this piece? Yeah, it's a really good question. First of all, there are like some political considerations there and like politics of narrative considerations, which is like, I want to be really careful not to insert myself in stories about, let's say, someone getting out of prison or about the horrors of, of, of detention because that it's not about me, right? So whereas I'm less, I feel like I'm, I'm less edging in on like politically on like the questions of crow animal communication or crow whisper, right? Like, like, like just politically, politics isn't the right word. I feel like ethically, like I just don't feel troubled by, by being in the narrative here. But also part of the question I realized I was trying to answer is, and this is like when my editor and I were like first sort of working up the pitch for him to share with his, with like the rest of his team was like, what is it about human beings longing to communicate with nature? And so if we're trying to demonstrate that longing, like the most easy, the easiest way for me to demonstrate that longing is through my own longing, right? And through like dissecting my own longing and reality. And remember that this was like, you know, last May, June. So we were all in this like really tenderized place. And so, and I did have some sincere questions. Like the the questions that are in the piece are really sincere, like around how our natural, how we were sort of mapping to our natural world in different ways and how the the world around us was mapping to us differently. And that was like exciting for me to think about. Wow. So much of what you have said is like all already like the intersection of of what Mark and I were kind of talking about before. Like I'm in Humboldt County and- I love it up here. Had to come just for a little, you know, it is still a tender situation, but I I felt the need to go. Like I felt safe in traveling. I felt like I checked all the boxes to make sure that was a possibility, but it just feels different to connect. And your piece, like that's part of the reason why it was so delightful is Mm -hmm. because it was about something like, you're right. Like it's not political horror. It's not tragedy. It's not, you know, re-traumatization. It's not dipping into that. But I did find myself while reading 
thinking like, oh my God, there's so many things going on. How am I giggling at this piece right now? Like, is this fair for me to be reading this? And the other thing was like, it, you know, having it take place in Oakland and different political issues like going on with gentrification and having it kind of be a quirky story about, you know, a family. We don't necessarily know if they're like of color or not. Like, you know, I'm thinking about gentrification I'm having all these things. And it's a story about a woman who knows how dogs feel. And I want that to be a part of my life so bad, you know, but it just doesn't seem like there's space for that always. Like it doesn't seem, and, you know, I could be being a little bit hard on myself, but I, I feel like since there's so many terrible things going on, like how dare I read something so delightful. And I wanted to know, like, I wanted to know like what you think about that, like maybe a little bit more about why it's important for you to write kind of delightful things. Yes, to everything you said. It's funny, I have, well, I have been less hard on myself in the, on that equation as a reader than I have as, as a writer, but I completely identify with that sort of feeling of like, how can I possibly write about and sometimes read about how can I possibly be spending my time on this thing or watching this stupid TV show or when there is all of this, you know, and I will say that it is a relative, like there is all of this urgency and, and how do I spend, spend my limited time on earth, spending it with the resources I have on delight. Like, is that just, you know, flushing, flushing resources down the toilet. And I guess I've come to this later (laughs) and like relatively recently. And I think the pandemic was maybe a part of this of like, I don't know. I got to keep, I got to keep like, what's a good non oil metaphor. Like I, like I have to keep the, the flame alive, you know, and I have to, I have to, there has to be like, I can't juice in the tank or I don't know. I can't think of the right like term, but there has to be, the well has to be replenished, you know, and in order to fight in order to show up, you know, to work. I work in a public school in Oakland as well. In order to write my next piece about abuse and immigration detention, it's like, it's not, I, I think I've started to understand it of, it's not this like side, like little gift that I'm giving myself, but it actually, it, it's actually connected to the other work that mm-hmm. it, it, it helps fuel that. Yeah. But I also think you're bringing up a really important point about like, and it's actually, it's something I thought of, but I will, I will admit, like, I didn't think I sort of thought of it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to think I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to not do that, which is like naming that in fact, Danny and Adam, where they live, the part of Oakland they live. And even a vet, she's lived there for longer, are in a very gentrifying part of Oakland and identify as white. And so that is a component of the piece that like I'm always trying to figure out my own ethical. I think so much of writing is figuring out, learning from others and figuring out over time, which is like a cumulative process, your own kind of ethical stance. And how much do I do a sort of parenthetical? Like, by the way, this is also a gentrification story, but I'm telling the pet whisper story. And how, how much of that is a deviation or like, also, I, I also want to be careful to not be like performing or sort of like virtue signaling when it's like, I'm actually writing about crow whispers. I'm not writing about gentrification. So is that honest? But 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 where is it useful to just be like, hey, naming this, just it's out there, you know, and, and I think that there can be space for that. And I think I didn't do that in that piece. Those are, I mean, those are conscious decisions. And like, those are, those are things I think are important. And like Mark and I were talking about kind of like art for art's sake and like putting everybody in a position where you kind of get, are allowing yourself this space to tell a story that's replenishing and doing all this stuff, but still having that conversation, like it all goes in there writing and, you know, and for the reader trying to dissect those things 
through their own lens, through the things that they are facing and dealing with. Like, I think like you're, you're writing like kind of, I'm like, oh fuck, like, is this okay with me? Like, am, <laughs> you know, like, am I okay with this? And like getting to tell the story where, you know, it's not the same one where it's not somebody gentrifying it all. Cause we wouldn't have got to the part where you got, where you were, the medical doctor was arguing about whether or not this woman could actually talk to the dogs. Like you wouldn't have got there if you, with me, you wouldn't have got there if you had said, this is a gentrification. So I'd have been like, nope, like I, no. But the fact that that choice was made to not do that, like it allowed me to get somewhere else in the piece that Mm -hmm. I think I like, I'm not going to say I needed it. That's not the case, but it allowed me to see like, you know, there's, there's other reasons to read. Like there's, there's more than one, there's more than one way to, in every story, there's more than one story, I guess. So yeah, I super appreciated that. So beautiful. Yeah. And Soraya and I, we, we, we've been talking about the tone also in, in your writing here. And so it may be similar to what you chose to talk about versus not. And so I was ready for it to go really, really serious in whatever direction, whether it was going to be like a Jenny O'Dell thing about noticing or about, and, and you have aspects, but then all of a sudden you introduce a turkey or you introduce a peacock. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is she doing? Because, yeah. I, and so I guess like, were you purposely messing with us or was this also just for, for you as well? I would say that I think like the occasional beats of humor, I mean, not unrelated to what we were just talking about. Like, like I, I think humor can, can be really alchemical. And I think if you're gonna, I think when I'm writing a piece that's like, that te- it's not that it's one note, but that it has sort of like a somber reflective thing, like moments of humor are helpful, I think to the writer and to the reader. I will actually say, I think anytime we're reading any change of register is kind of like bolts us awake a little bit. And I will also say that like those things were genuinely funny to me. Like I was having these really big, deep feelings, right? Like we can be multiple ways at a single time. Like we can be furious about the injustice in the world and like readying ourselves for our next action today and tomorrow and the next day and want to read something delightful or want to watch trash tv and like all those things can be true at the same time and I think you know work off of one another and it's like about finding that balance but it's like I found it so hilarious that the that what that I like an idiot wrote to this like world-renowned scientist thing like I'm writing about animal telepathy and he's like He's like one line. He's like, I do not believe in telepathy. Like, have a nice life. And I was like, oh, sorry. And I had to go back. Like, that was genuinely funny to me, even as I was like in like these, like in the depths of these feelings of like, what is life on earth now? Like, what has changed? How might it change? What have we done to this place? Like, what, where is hope? You know, I'm asking all of those questions and I'm cracking up about the turkey who like jumped on the lady's neck in the rose girl, you know? I'm like, whoa. It's the turkey that evaded execution. This, I was like, oh my God, this turkey. I was like, that, that was like another thing. I was like, leave this turkey alone. You guys better leave this turkey alone. I was so happy to read that the turkey got away. I was just like, okay, cool, 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 cool. You know, strike one. But that's, that's like another thing I was thinking about, like, because you have the scientists and stuff and they, they're like, no. But this woman clearly has an effect on the, the things, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. Mark and I were kind of talking about this, like, like how do we, how do we, and I think your, your piece kind of does this where it's like, it doesn't matter, but I notice the hummingbirds now, you know, type thing. It's like yeah. a, a kind of a, kind of an effect where it's like, 
you know, you don't need anybody else to tell you like what's real and what's not. And yeah, I want to know more about the conversations this woman's having with these animals, like any insights on that? Like what was going on? You know, it's so interesting because, and this is like, this is in the piece a little bit, but what I found, I was like reading all these books about like by scientists about animal communication. And the more I read the science books and then the more I saw Yvette at work, I was like, oh, this is like, honestly, this is like a nomenclature issue. Like we're actually all saying the same thing here, which is that animals are like deeply intelligent. And that if you slow down, pay attention, you can see the like myriad and miraculous ways that they communicate. And just the science people are like, and that's science. And she's like, I just, I don't know, I feel it, you know? And it's like, it, and it was so nice to be able to be like, does it matter? Because like, you know, that was kind of like a, a fun thing to realize. And nice, I think, to have space on the page where no one was saying, like, you need to make a call here. You know, right. luckily I didn't have an editor sort, sort of like, and, and we talked about this at the beginning, like this, this piece was never going to be like, a, like animal psychics, true, right. real or fake, <laughs> you know, like I talk about like things to do with your one wild and precious life. Like I, not that, you know, for me. <laughs> so yeah. So that's, so in terms of what's happening, I think she is just deeply tuned in. And maybe in a way that is like sort of a gift she was born with, you know, or maybe in a way that she's way better practiced and invested than we are. But like animals respond to that woman, like miraculous. She's amazing. You know, she's amazing. Yeah. I'm just even thinking about how Harper's fact checked the whole situation with Carl, you know, the crow, (laughs) like, how does that even happen? And the other thing, and the other, yeah. Yeah. Is there an answer to good video? Yeah, there are videos of like all of this stuff. Like there's a video on her Instagram that I felt, cause I was like similar, like, okay. I mean, I think at a certain point they'll just take your word, you know, or you're, you can recast it in a fact check. Like she told us that, you know, and just being like, this is, no, but there's a video of Carl on Instagram, on her Instagram from like, you know, I just scroll through Instagram. There's a video of Carl on her shoulder that she's, oh no, on her head, I think, shoulder, head at the Burger Boogaloo or whatever the like, punk show is the John Waters punk show and then there's one of him flying on her helmet in the night like back to her house you know and tons of photos of him in the house and stuff is that science or is that woo woo like I'm tired of it like I'm I don't need to like yeah who cares who cares who cares that crow is on that lady and (laughs) they found a baby crow when the crows were doing the stuff in the yard like it seems like there's a reason you know totally totally and I just wish like I just like when they're doing the career aptitude stuff is like crow whisper could be one of them I would just love that like I didn't know this was an option like I didn't know this was a possibility you can make a job out of anything I know I know and she helped my cat you know like she came over that was like my biggest scam I'm writing about I'm doing some other pieces about scammers my main scam was that I got Harper's to pay for two sessions of of animal whispering (laughs) (laughs) I can die being like I did a scam. You need that. You need that. I did. (laughs) Even this whole thing about crows and how a group of them apparently is like a murder, you know, which you- Not apparently, that's- Yeah. And then this whole, talk about the arc also, you know, you you spoke earlier about the beginning of the piece and then at the end, there's this whole Mm -hmm. thing about the message received. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, 
the piece had been fact-checked and was in like, I think the final edit form. And I went over to their house and like, I biked over and was sitting in their backyard and Danny and Adam and they, and she was like, oh, and she told me about this. Oh no, no, wait. I think she texted Maybe she told me and then she texted me. I can't remember. But anyway, I heard about this peanut. And so I had one more revision before it was like going to be done. And I, to my editor, I was like, all right. And he wanted a little tweaking at the end. I was like, sorry to do this at the 11th hour, but, and that was added in like at the very, at the very last minute. I think it, it, it ended with my hummingbirds was the original ending, but then it was just so wonderful that it was like, long long ago up to sort of the present moment of like where we were not not in the story but like in timeline they had this little peanut dropped i love that i love that sarai do you have any more questions right now no i think we did a great job like i just like this okay maybe we could talk about this for a second just like the like the the joy like the the very fact that something that you know because it kind of did come full circle and like you you realize about the hummingbirds and like people you know there are there are videos of Carl like being able to take joy in something and have it be a part of like so many different layers I don't know if I'm making any sense and I don't even care because I feel that having read this one I felt like a little bit okay with you know realizing that joy is a part of like this hard work that we're doing and like because Mark what the last articles we have read they they've been all this one I was like no this is about crows I'm sorry like what is happening here and then when I read it I was like no we needed this one like we needed this one because even since even since we read it so many different things have gone down and like in the universe you know even though folks even though Derek Chauvin was charged like somebody else other people have been murdered you know like the, the the explosion like the exponential like trauma that exists like I felt like this was just like a strike down against that and I'm just so happy because I I want to I I want to find out if there's crow whispers in my family, you know. I want to find out like how to connect a little bit more with the hummingbirds I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That wasn't a question, but it's so beautifully put. And yeah, and I'm so happy to hear that. And I yeah, I just I completely agree. Like like you know, joy fuels us. Delight delight fuels us. And we need you know we need it. Like we need it. Lauren, we just want to thank you so much. And like. So you and I have spoken before, and I think I asked you the question, okay, like you're an educator in Oakland and you happen to write and you have all these books and articles. We're going to be giving away a copy, by the way, we're going to be raffling off a copy of uh, the Faraway Brothers at Article Uh Club, which will be cool. So I think, I I think I just want to ask, like, is it okay if you, like, what are you working on now? Or can you, what's happening? Yeah, sure. I should say, you know, I'm, I'm very part-time now. I was until recently, I was almost full-time at the, at the school. So just in case it isn't, it's not like I'm, I'm doing this on nights and weekends anymore. So I want to be honest about that. And what am I working on now? I'm working on a book that's in the very early stages and doesn't have, it's not, you know, who knows? It's a, it's a document on my computer that I would like to become a book one day. And it's about migration and the sort of mythologies of migration, both within my own family and in kind of like contemporary and historical discourse. And it's all centered around Greece, which is where my family comes from. And where of course there's a massive human and protracted humanitarian migration crisis now. 
So that's what I'm working on. I'm also working on, yeah, and I'm working on a couple articles as well. One about like abuse in the detention facility, one about climate change, you know, stuff that is harder to find joy and delight in. A couple about, I'm, I'm working on one about a, a scammer. I'm also working on one about a scammer, which is not delightful in the same way because it's sort of a bummer and sad, but it's it's sort of... I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm right now. I'm trying to think about that shift in register within myself as a, like, how do we shift registers within a piece and like within our lives in order, like as a tool for balance. That's what I'm thinking about. We'll yep. see if it works. And who knows, maybe, and maybe another piece on like a peacock or something. Exactly. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know more about Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. I know Gerald. Someone needs to do a profile on Gerald just to hang out with Gerald for like a couple weeks. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Lauren. We're going to be meeting up at the end of this month, you know, to all chat about your piece. And it's just going to be so great for article clubbers to be listening to like everything that you've shared. So thank you so much for making the time for Sarai and me. I'm so honored. Yeah, it's so thanks. Nice with you guys, I feel so energized. And also Sarai's light is like, I feel it's your humble light. I'm <laughs> drinking it. it in. It's yes. beautiful. <laughs>